0: You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Well, today is Palm Sunday, and we're going to spend a few short minutes here looking at the story of Palm Sunday. You know, Palm Sunday was really the kind of the first domino to fall when it comes to the story or the week of Easter and all the things that were going to happen leading up to Good Friday, leading up to Resurrection Sunday. As we get into it, Palm Sunday played a very important role. And today we're going to read the story together, and I think if you've been around church at all, you've probably seen uh, you've probably heard the story, number one, but you've probably seen a drawing, a painting of Palm Sunday where Jesus is riding on a colt, riding on a donkey. He's coming into Jerusalem, and there people are laying down palm branches. They're laying down articles of clothing as he's riding in. They're shouting, Hosanna. They're celebrating Jesus. It's also called the trium- uh, Triumphal Entry. And as he is coming in, people are rejoicing, celebrating him, only within a few short days to turn around and shout, crucify him. But uh, we see that happening. And I think for us in the modern world, that's a little bit confusing. We don't We don't don't celebrate that way. The palm branches, the laying down of articles of clothing and celebrating of, of someone, we don't really quite understand that. So today I want to read the story of Palm Sunday, but then I want to look at it in context. And I believe that there's two lessons that we can learn From Palm Sunday that applied to us today. And so let's read it. Luke chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 35, and then we'll look at it kind of in context. So let's start in verse 35. It says this, they, this would be the disciples, they drew their own clothes, or or threw their own clothes rather, on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to Jesus from the crowd saying, teacher, Rebuke your disciples." They were obviously not very excited, not very happy that the disciples, the crowd was celebrating uh, Jesus this way. They said, Rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered and he said to them, and I love this. He said, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Jesus is saying this, look, even if the crowd stops, even if my disciples stop, guess what? All of nature would pick up where they left off. All of nature would join in to celebrate the the, the Messiah, that the kingdom of God is at hand, that what what is about to happen through the Messiah needs to be celebrated. They would celebrate uh, the son of the living God, Jesus. And so This right here, this is what's also called the triumphant entry. This is Jesus coming into Jerusalem. This is Jesus, the Messiah. He is fulfilling all kinds of prophecy that we don't have time to get into today, but he's fulfilling prophecy and he's willing to walk directly into his destiny. Jesus would have no doubt understood what this week was going to hold for him. He would have no doubt understood everything that was going to take place, uh, all the things, all the conversations, all the actions that were going to take place in the coming week, but he still chooses to walk directly into his destiny. But today, here's what I want to do. I feel like God put this message on my heart. Um, Today, the title of the message is this, The Lord Has Need. That's the title of today's message, The Lord Has Need. And I I, I want to title it that because of the verses that happened before and after the little passage that we just read. Those few verses that we just read of the triumphant entry. there's, There's verses before and after that I think are very vital that are lessons and principles that we can learn that we can apply to our life. And so really the title is The Lord Has Need, but we're going to talk about two lessons from Palm Sunday. Two lessons from Palm Sunday, and this is going to be very simple, but I believe it's very profound, and I think it's very freeing today. The first lesson is the lesson of release. Number one is release. We have to learn to release things to the Lord. In fact, let's look at Luke 19. We're going to back up now to verse 20. uh, Yeah, verse 29. Let's read what happens before Jesus gets on the donkey. Luke 19, verse 29. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and they found it just as Jesus had said to them. And they said, and they uh, were loosing the colt. The owners of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? (laughs) And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus. This is a pretty interesting little piece of the story here. I love the fact of the willingness, uh, the, the fact that these owners didn't question at all what these guys were doing with their cult, right? I think, uh, think about it and your, put, your, put yourself in their shoes. Think about it from your perspective, right? If someone comes up and at that time is going gonna, is gonna to take my vehicle, You know, they're going to take my mode of transportation. They're going to take something that's of value to me. They're going to take uh, even one of my livestock or an animal from me. If they just go to untie it, I think I'm going to put up a little bit more of a fight. But I think it's interesting to note the willingness of the owners to release their cult to strangers simply because of one phrase, the Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. Now, I think this you could argue, and probably so, that these owners, most likely, they probably knew who Jesus was. They maybe would have even known the disciples. They might have even known that they were followers or disciples of Jesus. We could probably argue that But still, even if they knew the willingness to say, okay, to not put up a fight, to not, you know, get into a brawl with these guys for trying to steal something of theirs. And that's not what Jesus was doing. We're going to see that here in just a second. But I love their willingness to just be like, you know what? If the Lord needs it, then we will give it. If the Lord is asking for it, then we will release it to him. And they were willing to release something of value simply because Jesus asked for it. And that's really the principle that I think we can learn from and apply to our lives today in 2023. Maybe there's something in your life that you feel like God is asking you for, that the Lord has need of it. And he's asking you to release it to him maybe it's something of extreme value to you maybe it's something from your past that you've been dealing with maybe it's a relationship maybe it's something that you've been hanging on to almost almost white knuckle gripping saying no i'm going to force this i'm going to make this happen i've been hanging on to this i can't get past this whatever it might be but i think there's many things in our lives where jesus even through the power of his holy spirit he's saying trust me the lord has need of that would you just release it to me and that's kind of the question that i have for us today is how many things Are we holding on to in our lives that the Holy Spirit is saying, the Lord has need of it? How many things are we holding on to in our lives? And the Holy Spirit is prompting us saying, the Lord has need of it. Basically saying, trust me, daughter, trust me, son, release it to me, release it to me. And I think there's many examples of this, kind of someone we just talked about. But maybe for you, like what what past heartbreak are you still hanging on to? that the lord has need of that he wants you to release to him what past heartbreak what what sin are you still hanging on to what addiction are you still trying to overcome in your own power what relationship is the lord asking you for but you're not willing to lay down what maybe it's a boyfriend or girlfriend maybe it's a friendship something that maybe the lord is asking you to submit to and release to him so that his will can be done whether that's you know to stay together in a friendship or in a relationship with someone or Maybe God's asking you for it because you need to walk away from it. And he's going to give you the grace and the strength to get out of that dating relationship or out of that friendship that is toxic to you, that's holding you back from the things of God. What dream do you need to release to God? Maybe you've had a dream in the past of something that you've wanted to do that you feel like God put this dream in your heart, but you haven't seen it come to pass. Maybe you've given up on it and maybe you're trying to do it maybe in your own power. But God is saying through the power of his Holy Spirit, will you release it to me? Would you give it to me? The the Lord has need of it. What seemingly unanswered prayer is keeping you up at night that you need to release to God? What seemingly unanswered prayer? Lord, why haven't you answered? Why haven't you shown up yet? What is it that you need to release to God? And I think, and I truly believe that right now, even the Holy Spirit is prompting you. I think that each and every one of us we have something. Now, I think for some people, it may be something that's very significant. Maybe it is an addiction. Maybe it is a serious relationship issue. Maybe it's a even a health issue that you've been dealing with and battling with and trying to do something in your own power, but you need to release it to God and actually give your worries about it and cares about it to Him. I think maybe for some people, maybe it's something small. I think we all have something, whether it seems huge or maybe it seems very small and ins- insignificant. I think right now the Holy Spirit is prompting you saying, hey, that thing, that relationship, that sin, that past mistake, that thing that happened to you, would you release it? The Lord has need of it. And here's what I love about this this part of the story is that prophecy is fulfilled because one unnamed cult owner was willing to release something in obedience let me say that again because this is this is very significant prophecy is fulfilled because one unnamed cult owner was willing to release something in obedience this was prophesied that the messiah would ride on a a colt that had never been ridden before it was prophesied about several years beforehand But when was it fulfilled? It was fulfilled through someone's obedience. And I think many times our lack of obedience, our disobedience, our our, uh, unwillingness to release something to God keeps the word of the Lord from taking place, his will from taking place in our lives and in the lives of other people. It hinders the word of the Lord from going forward. God saying, would you trust me so that I can use you In a greater way for my kingdom. You know, there's a verse, a very popular one in 1 Peter 5, 7, and it says this, it says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Fantastic verse, amazing principle. I think this is one of the ones that you quote, that you know, that if you've been around church, you know, and you've, you know, you maybe got it somewhere on your wall hanging up as a piece of art or something like that. Give your cares, give your worries to God for he cares about you. And many times uh, we give to Jesus but we continue holding the reins. Imagine the situation where the disciples come to untie the colt and when they come to untie it, the, the owner goes over there and he grabs the colt by, by the, the reins and, or by the, you know, the rope or whatever it might be. He grabs the reins and he says, hang on, what are you doing? And the disciples say, the Lord has need of it. And the owner would say, okay, then you can take it. But he would say you can take it and then he would just kind of turn his back like this and turn aside all the while still hanging onto the reins go ahead and take it. Hey, if Jesus is asking for it, go ahead and take it and take it to him and turn it away, but they're still hanging on to it. And then they would turn around and say, well, why haven't you taken it? Why aren't you guys going? I thought you said Jesus needed this. I've given it to you, but they're still hanging on to the reins. I think in the spiritual realm, oftentimes this is what we do with God. When we say, Lord, I want to lay something at your feet. I want to give you my worries, my cares. Lord, I give it to you. I've given it to God. How many times have we said that? Lord, I've given it to God. I know I have, but we continue to worry and fret and be extremely concerned about it. It keeps us up at night, whatever it might be. And we don't actually give it to God. We give it to him, but we're still hanging on to it kind of behind our back. We turn away and we look away, but then we, we, we think, God, why haven't you shown up? God, why is it still here? God, why haven't you done your will? I thought you were going to take this from me, release this burden from me. And we've said it with our mouth that we've given it to God, but we haven't actually laid it at his feet just yet. And I believe God is saying today, release it to me. Like truthfully, honestly, really release it to me. Meaning this, will you go into prayer and we will here in just a second. And will you just r- really, in your heart, give it to God? Not just with lip service, give it to God. And when you're tempted to go get the reins again and bring it back home, say, no, I've given it to God. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I give it to you. And go back into prayer and say, Lord, I've given it to you. It's yours. I will not worry about it. Two lessons that we can learn from Palm Sundays: Number one is this, is release. The second one is receive. Number one is release. Number two is receive. Let's continue on in our story. So after that, they take the colt of Jesus. Jesus gets on it. He rides in. People are celebrating him. And as he's coming in, let's look at Luke 19, starting in verse 41. I'm going to read from the Living Bible because I think the, the verbiage here is really interesting. Uh, Luke 19, 41. But as they came closer to Jerusalem and Jesus saw the city ahead, he began to cry. Eternal peace was within your reach, and you turned it down. Jesus wept. In verse 44, for you have rejected the opportunity God offered you. Jesus is riding in, and he sees Jerusalem. And as he's getting closer and closer, he begins to cry. He begins to weep, which is interesting because this is such a celebratory time. Everyone is, is cheering. There's a, it is such an honoring time. They're laying down their palm branches. The, the, the articles of clothing as a form of honor and, and, and acceptance and royalty. And they're with Jesus. But Jesus weeps for the city and for the people in the city. And he says, eternal peace was within your reach and you turned it down. And he's crying and he's weeping. And he says, for you have rejected the opportunity God offered you. And man, it's this heartbreaking time. And for only the second recorded time in Jesus's ministry, we see the Messiah weep. We see him cry. And and, and there are days and seasons, we have to understand this, there are days and seasons of opportunity in the kingdom when God draws near to his people and this was one of them but it still happens today there are times in the spiritual realm where God draws near to his people and he presents opportunity opportunity for revival opportunity for restoration opportunity for things to take place that that are God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven and he draws near to his people in a very unique way and he presents opportunity but it's still our job the people of God to seize the opportunity. And it's what you do with those times of opportunity that defines your life going forward. God draws near in very unique times in a, di- in a deeper way. And He's saying, I have opportunity for you. There's revival here. There's breakthrough here. There's restoration here. There's life here. Will you seize the opportunity? And what we do with those times, it defines the trajectory of our life going forward. Jesus wept over Jerusalem because they did not know the peace that he offered them. He's weeping over Jerusalem because he thinks, man, you guys were so close. It was within your reach, but you missed it. You overlooked it. You rejected it. You didn't receive it. You looked past it. You thought it was nothing. You overlooked it and you missed it. They didn't understand the peace that Jesus was offering them. And I, I wonder, hear me, how many times does Jesus weep over our nation over our regions, over our cities, even over our homes and our families because we fail to acknowledge the peace that Jesus is offering us. How many times has Jesus wept in our situations thinking I had so much, I had breakthrough for you there in that season but you didn't trust me enough to receive it. I had something for you, but you didn't release your cares and release your past to me. I could have helped you receive forgiveness. I could have helped you receive freedom. I could have helped you move forward in peace and in fulfillment if you would have just trusted me, son. If you would just trust me, daughter. How many times has Jesus weeped over our situations because we didn't acknowledge and receive the peace that God had for us? We didn't go into exchange mode and say, Lord, I'm going to release the things that are holding me back to you so that I can receive all that you have for me. How many times has Jesus wept for us? And I think Jesus is weeping because of the idea here Think of the ideas of what represented this moment in human history. The idea that we could be reconciled to God, the Father, because of the righteousness of Jesus can be our righteousness now. The idea that if the grave didn't hold Jesus, that it can't hold you. The idea that God can restore every broken thing in your life. There's so much on the line in this moment for human history. And thankfully, we have access to that today. We have access to the fullness of the kingdom through Jesus today. But there's so much at stake. And I think so many times Jesus is saying, would you trust me? Would you trust me? If you will release those things in your life that I'm asking you for, you can then receive all that God has for you. How many times does Jesus weep over our broken lives or maybe the the broken areas of our lives because instead of releasing to and receiving from Jesus we hold back in reserva- in reservation we don't we don't know what's going to happen well what if I what if I do give that up what if I do give that relationship up what if I do give up that boyfriend or girlfriend what if I never find somebody what if I don't give it up even though God's asking me to we have reservations and sometimes the reservations will keep us and they will They will make us walk in disobedience to all that God has for us. How many times have we missed windows of opportunity in which God is inviting us to drink the living water so we will never thirst again? And friends, here's the thing. There may have been times in your life where you have missed it, where you look back now and maybe years ago, you think, man, I missed it. I should have taken that step. I should have ended that relationship. I should have stepped in. I should have said no. I should have said yes, whatever it is. You may look back. Can I tell you that God's grace is sufficient for you? That God is still a restoring God. That God is still the God of revival. That there is still hope for your future. There is still excitement for tomorrow. Because if you're still breathing, then God is not finished with you yet. He still has hope for your future. So even though you may have said, Pastor Dan, I missed it in the past. I know there was an opportunity where I should have released so I could receive. But you didn't. Guess what? His mercies are new every morning. His grace is sufficient for you. He's not done with you yet. Keep trusting, son. Keep trusting, daughter. You have time. You have time. And guess what? Today is your time. Today is the time. Today is the day of salvation and restoration and healing and life and hope for your future. Today is the day. You may have missed it or felt like you missed it in the past, but Jesus is saying today on Palm Sunday, when God says, I have need of it, the Lord has need of it. Don't hesitate, release it to him so that you can receive from him. Because here's why, here's what happens. Think of yourself. And if you're listening to this, I'll try to describe it as best I can so you can picture it. Imagine if you were hanging on to something really tight. If you were thinking about hanging on to something, most likely you would hang on to it where your knuckles were facing up in the air and your fingers were pointing down into a, fist. That's how you would hang on to something really, really tight. And that's what happens in our life when we hang on to things that God is asking us for. But here's what happens when we choose to release. Number one, we have to turn our hands over, palms up, and open our hands so our palms are showing up to release it to God. And when we release it to God in this posture, in the spiritual realm, we are now in a position to receive from God. You see, I can't receive when my hands are, are palms down and, my, and I have fists that are white- knuckled hanging onto something. I can't receive anything. If someone tried to hand me something while I was holding my hands like this, it would be nearly impossible to hang on to it or to catch something. But if I turn my hands, palms up, and I relax my hands, I've now released it to God in the spiritual, and now I'm ready to receive what He has for me. But it takes me being obedient to release so that I can receive. On Palm Sunday, and I wrap up with this, on Palm Sunday, the crowds cried out, Hosanna. They were celebrating Jesus. Hosanna, which, which literally means save now. They were celebrating Jesus as the Messiah. And in just five short days, those cries turned from save now to crucify him. In five short days, how much can change in our world? And it reminds me of this statement here. How fickle is the multitude? How fickle is a crowd of people? How ever-changing is the crowd's perspective, right? And I think this is a good reminder for us in today's world of this. We don't follow the crowd. We, we can't afford to follow the crowd. We don't follow the noise. We don't follow the culture. We don't follow the popular fad of society. We cannot afford to. And the reason why is this, because in within five short days, within a week, you can go from celebrating Jesus to turning your back on Jesus. There's a lot that can happen in a crowd mentality in five short days. No, we will follow the voice of the Savior, the voice of our good shepherd, who is Jesus. And I believe today... Jesus sent me to tell you and to say to you that the Lord has need. The Lord has need. And here's the question. Will you release that thing? Will you release that, that, that person? Will you release that unsaved uh, child of yours that you've been fretting over and, and stressing over? Will you release them truly to Jesus? Will you release that dream to Jesus? Will you release that hope to Jesus? That mistake that you've made, we release it to Him so that you can receive the peace that only Jesus can give. Because you cannot receive if you're continuing to hang on tight. Palm Sunday was the beginning of the most important week in all of human history. It was a setup for the greatest miracle and the greatest love story ever told. But I pray that this Palm Sunday, that today would be the beginning of the most important weeks of your life. Just like it was 2,000 years ago, I pray that this Palm Sunday is the beginning of the most important weeks of your life as you release what you've been hanging on to, to Jesus, so that you can receive all that he has for you in return. Listen to me as I wrap up. Do not miss the opportunity God is offering you today. That was Jesus' cry when he was weeping as he was coming into Jerusalem. He said, you have rejected the opportunity God offered you. Let us not be in that position. Do not reject the opportunity God is offering you today. For you today, maybe it's that you need to release your life to God. Maybe you are a control freak. You love to be in control. You love to plan. You love to know every single detail of what's gonna happen, when it's gonna happen. And God is saying, look, I have more for you. I have fulfillment for you. Will you release it to me? Maybe you're far from God today, and you've been fighting God, wrestling with God, battling with the idea of submitting your life to God. And today, God is presenting an opportunity to you. And he's saying, don't, he's weeping over it. He's saying, trust me, trust me, give your life to me, and I will show you my peace, which surpasses all understanding. Today, let's be a people on this Palm Sunday who learn those two valuable lessons the lesson of release and the lesson of receiving. Lord, we're going to release to you so we can receive all that you have for us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Lord, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, today, we want to be a people that as we reflect on Palm Sunday and reflect on all the events that happened on Palm Sunday, Lord, we just want to pick out two of the, the, the things, that the principles that take place, even though there's so much more involved in Palm Sunday and, 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 and uh, Lord, prophecy and things that took place, Lord, I believe that you put these two things on my heart for our church, for this specific time, for someone or a group of us, Lord, that are listening or watching this right now. Lord, there's people here that have been fighting with you, that you've been prompting them through the power of your Holy Spirit, you've been prompting and saying, the Lord has need of that. And whatever that is for people, Lord, a relationship, Lord, just trust and faith for their future, Lord, peace, whether it's a job, whether it's a dream, whether it's a a past mistake, whether it's something that happened to them that they haven't been able to get past, but they've been hanging on to, Lord, is a crutch in this life. Lord, today, I thank you that your spirit is saying, the Lord has need. Would you help us? Holy Spirit is our helper. Help us release it in the name of Jesus. In fact, right there, wherever you're listening or watching right now, if you're driving, maybe just do this with one hand. But if you're watching this right now online, would you just turn your hands, palms up just like this and say, Lord, I release it to you. And if you need to be specific, wherever you're at, just quietly, you know, if you're with a group of people, you can just say, Lord, I release it to you. I release this relationship to you. I give it to you, Lord. I release that fear to you. Lord, I release my kids to you, my kid's future to you. Would you release it to him? And now you're in a perfect position to receive. And I pray, Lord, As the Prince of Peace, would you come in right now and would you give us your peace? Would you surround us? Would you overtake us, Lord? Would you just wrap us in your presence right now in our living rooms, in our vehicles, wherever we're watching or listening to this right now? Would you follow up, Lord? Would you just show up right now with the presence of your spirit just be so tangible, be manifest right now in Jesus' name so that we can receive everything that you have for us? God, we thank you for it. Help us continue to walk in these principles of releasing so that we can receive all that you have for us. We love you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.